Hello, welcome to another episode of Papa Bear Hikes. Well, today I looked outside and we finally have a coating of snow on the ground. And how appropriate is that, considering what today's topic is? Today, I have my good friend, Philip Quarrel, on to talk about skiing. Philip, welcome to Papa Bear Hikes. Hi, it's great to be here. Philip, we we just talked a few days ago, about a week ago, you and I went out on a little hike uh, around Binghamton. We did the river walk and certainly didn't feel like January, did it? Oh, no. There was no snow on the ground. It was... It was really warm. I had my light jacket on. It was crazy. All right, now, here we are today, and you've probably woke up thinking, all right, now the conditions are finally shaping up for me to get out there and hit the slopes. Oh, yeah. Very excited. Well, Philip, I know a lot about you, but why don't you tell the rest of us a little bit about you? Well, uh, I was your scout for a long time. I was in Boy Scouts. You were my scoutmaster. And then I worked my way up to Eagle. I am now in college studying to be an elementary education teacher. And I just uh, found skiing to be a fun pastime for me. I enjoy going out and hitting the slopes, as you said. And Philip, as long as I've known you, which is, I think, since you were about 11 years old, you've skied. Or maybe you oh, were yeah. 10. You, were, you weren't even in the troop on your first ski trip, right? You guys came up as Boy Scouts with us up the Greek Peak, and you already mm-hmm. knew how to ski. Actually, it was on that trip that I learned how to ski. Okay, there's a little interesting bit of information for me. I'm just kind of looking around and watching you guys out there having fun, and I made an assumption. But you you must have really picked up on it quickly because I wouldn't have known you were just learning how to ski. So it's leading into my next question. At what age did you learn how to ski? And I was there on your first ski trip when you learned. Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was around 10 or 11. It was at the camp out we had at Greek Peak. And it was my first time on the slopes. I decided I'm going to try to snowboard. So I get out there. I start snowboarding. My parents came up to visit and my sister came up to visit. We're all snowboarding. And it's awful. We hate it. I can't do anything on this snowboard. I'm ready to call it quits. And then my parents, who have been skiing for most of their life, decide, hey, why don't we try and get you some skis, get you on those, and see how you like it. And it was an instant turnaround. From there, it was I was having so much fun. It was so much easier to learn for me. Philip, from my observation, and maybe you can add to this, but I've seen it over the years on the five or six ski campouts that, we, that I had attended over the years with the troop, it seems like... You guys want to hop on those snowboards because it looks like it's so cool, right? Guys just oh, yeah. flying down that slope on those snowboards, right? That's where you want to start. <laughs> Skiing, though, getting on skis is a good way, is a better way to start. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I would highly recommend starting on skis just because it's a lot more natural. You know, you walk with both feet. You're not going to be having both feet strapped to one thing, you know? It's, it just feels a lot more natural to start with your feet separated and be able to control each one individually. At least that's the case for me. I went through this with, with John, and it may have been on the trip we went on a year before where he wanted to snowboard. And I kept saying, try skiing first, right? Learn how to do that first. Is snowboarding is a little bit more difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not saying to get discouraged. If you want to snowboard, you put your mind to it. Cause my sister, she still snowboards to this day. And she started just like me on a snowboard and she just powered through it. She wanted so bad to be on a snowboard. And now we go together. We, I go skiing, she goes snowboarding. And for some people it just works out. 
So you went on this trip, you did some snowboarding, started skiing. So what happened after that? Was it kind of like, did you go to your parents and say, I want to do more of this? Did you, was it like a instant yeah. uh, gravitation to it that you, you started enjoying it? Yeah, definitely. So in my freshman year of high school, that's where I learned about ski club, which was run through the boys and girls club. And so I decided that's something that I might want to do. So I decided to go, this ski club goes up to Greek peak every, every winter, every, I think it was a Friday. We would go up, we would rent our skis and we would just go out and hit the slopes and come back. And it was through that club that I realized that I wanted to get into this as a hobby. So I did it all through my freshman and sophomore year. And that's when my parents decided to get me my own set of skis. And of course, well, that's the, that's the winner that the ski club disbands. So now I've got to go out on my own, but you know, from there, I just stuck with it. I kept, kept with it. I, I just went skiing the other day. It was, it was a good time. The cost of it. You took a very practical approach or it sounds like you and your parents took a very practical approach. And there's a lot of high schools and colleges out there that have ski clubs. And it allowed you to get into this sport without putting all the money out there right away. And you took your time and you realized you liked it. And by the time you, your parents were, were sure and you were sure it was something, an interest you wanted to pursue, it was worth making the investment. But up until then, you were able to rent the gear. And if I'm not mistaken, most of these ski, ski resorts offer rentals. Oh, yes. Yeah, almost every ski resort I've been to has offered rentals, whether it's for skis, snowboard, helmets. They've got the whole the whole listing. Because a big part of what we do on the podcast, Philip, was we try to inspire people to go out and enjoy the outdoors, but even more importantly, try something new. I'm glad we're talking about this now, early on, is that if, it, if you're not sure about skiing, there's a relatively low investment. Basically, it sounds like just your costs were for lift ticket, I'm guessing, and, and your rentals. Mm-hmm. Lift ticket and rentals. And then if you want, you can get lessons so that you're not trying to teach yourself. Or if you have a friend that can teach you, that's also a good thing. My parents taught me. Just any way you can. It's it's not an expensive hobby as long as you, you know, if you have your own equipment, it works out well. And if you rent, it's not too expensive. It's just half the year you go a couple times. You can even go every week. They're, they have passes. They have they have season passes. It's it's a good thing to get started into. I personally like it a lot just because of the views. You know, you're going all the way up on the ski lift, and on your way down, it's just forest on either side of you. There's no buildings. There's no there's nothing. No light pollution. If you're going at night, you can see the stars. It's a beautiful time. And you started at a young age, but we're talking about nine or ten years old. There were people there skiing, not taking lessons, but even on the slopes that were younger than you. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was learning. I, I couldn't believe it. I saw kids maybe four or five years old zooming straight down the mountain, not even turning. I'm like, how are they doing that? That's insane. They don't use poles like, or anything. When they're younger, they don't, the young, no, really yeah, young no. kids don't even use poles, right? They just put right. the skis on, hit the slope, and away they go. Yeah. You've also seen people that are much older than you. Which is one of the things that I find very cool about skiing is you, it's something you can do your entire life, provided you can keep yourself physically healthy. This is an interest you oh, can yeah. pursue well beyond, you know, you, you can pass retirement. This is something you can continue, can you doing your entire life. Oh, absolutely. Like, I do not have any plans to stop skiing. The only thing that will stop me from skiing is if I get an injury that's going to 
put me out for the rest of my life. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a fun hobby that you can have throughout your entire life, which there aren't too many of those, you know, you can hike, you can kayak, you can canoe, you can do a whole bunch of things, but this is something that you can have that will be good for your entire life that you can do for as long as you feel the desire to do it. The thing is when we speak of outdoor activities and things that are physical, a lot of people start to think, well, I'm getting too old for that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but skiing, I mean, you can learn it at any age. Right. I mean, I'm oh, sure you're sure. seeing people over on the learning on the uh, beginner's hill or taking the ski lessons that are adults. And just because you can't do the, the double black diamonds, hardest slopes, doing all the crazy tricks and jumps doesn't mean that you can't enjoy skiing. Personally, myself, I enjoy the green and blue slopes more than the black ones just because I get to enjoy myself. I'm not worried about falling over or, or wiping out. I can just sit back, relax, watch the scenery, have a nice ride down the hill, you know? Yeah, there just has to be a bit of a thrill involved in the idea of just going down that hill. Just, oh, yeah. Right? There has sure. to be a thrill just in, in, in yeah. doing that alone, right? No matter how high it is or how steep. You mentioned the different colors. Philip, could you talk to us about that? We know that there's, you know, black diamond, black diamond, or double diamond, I think there is. I only know this because I've hiked around ski resorts. I don't. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about what that means, that skiing language means to the layman like myself? Oh, Yeah. So a green trail would be typically your easiest trail. It's something that anybody can get on and ski down as long as they have the general knowledge of what they're doing. The blue trails are a little harder. These are marked by a square while the greens are a circle. And these are for the people that are a little more seasoned in their skiing. And then the black trails, the black diamonds, those are for people that want a bit of a challenge. You know, they're going to be steeper. They're going to be longer. They're going to they're going to have you going faster at some portions. Some of them even have jumps off of them. And then, of course, the double black diamond is just taking your black diamond and pushing it to the extreme, you know? You're not there yet, are you? It sounds like no, you just have no. fun just going down the hill, though. You don't You don't need that. <laughs> exactly. Is there any physical preparation that would go into skiing? Because it is physical, right? You go up on the ski lift, but I would imagine you've got to feel physically pretty wiped out after a few hours of, of skiing. Oh yeah, when you finish a night of skiing, you are you are definitely sore. You're going to feel it. But outside of that, it's not terribly intensive, you know? As long as you're letting most of your work come from doing your turning. That's really the only thing you have to think of. All your momentum is is concerned downhill. The biggest exertion in my opinion is on the flat portions before you get on that lift. You're just getting yourself over there, you know? But everything else is just you know, how well you can turn yourself and stop yourself. Well, it's not something you need to spend your off season in the, in a weight room or having a gym oh, membership no or running. You just show, do some stretching, you know, do some, you know, use some common sense and stretch out those muscles that you know you're going to be using or those areas that you're going to be taxing. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And, and I don't know, to me, physical fatigue is a sign of fun. <laughs> if I'm yeah. tired after a hike or, or an activity, then, the chances are I had fun. That's how you sleep good too. Yes. Clothing. Is there any special clothing you wear or you would recommend people wear? Well, typically when I would go skiing, I would wear whatever I would have going outside to say play in the snow, you know, nice warm layers. And one of the most important things for me, at least is things that'll break the wind because you're going down that hill. You're obviously going to have wind on your body, wind on your face. And you can be as warm as you want, but if your wind is cutting through your clothes, you're going to be freezing cold going down that mountain. 
So typically what I wear is I'll have a shirt and a sweatshirt and then sweatpants. And then over that, I'll have snow pants and a coat, a nice winter coat that'll break the wind. And from there, I will have a hat under my helmet, some gloves, and I'm good to go. So again, it doesn't have to be a terribly large investment you're making to do this with the clothing. You're just using some common sense, right? You're layering, which you should be doing for any winter activity. It's all about layering. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that outer portion of your layers might be the most important. Like you said, you yes. need something that's going to going to stop that wind from cutting through, because that's what that's what will chill you. Definitely. And when you get off the slope, you need to be able to layer so you don't overheat. And the thing is, you're not exerting yourself so terribly hard that you're going to work up a lot of body heat. So that's where the layers come in. So if you, unlike with hiking, where you want to start a little cold, if you are starting warm, that's probably a good sign when you're going skiing. Because you have that time when you're you're not moving, right? You're maybe right, online yeah. to get on the lift and then to ride mm-hmm. up the lift. So your body has those periods where even if you work up a bit of a sweat or mm-hmm. your heart's pumping a little bit, you're going to have those down times where you can, ch- yes. you can cool off pretty fast. Oh, yeah. The lift rides are always about five, ten minutes, depending on the resort and how high the hill goes. And that seems like it could be a lot of fun in itself, the ride up. Oh, yeah. Because you said it's looking around, ride. right? You, you, mm-hmm. And the good part about that is you don't have to look out for anything, right? You're just seated yeah, there and just taking it all in. Sit back, enjoy the ride. You get to watch the other skiers. Sometimes there'll be trees next to the lifts. You'll see people throw Mardi Gras reeds on them. Or I've even seen a bra on one once. Do you have a favorite place to ski? I know you go to Greek Peak a lot because we live near there. But do you have a favorite place that you've been at this point? We'll be back after a quick break. You ever think about what might be in the water you're drinking every time you fill up your water bottles while you're in the outdoors? I try not to, and I really don't because I use Sawyer water filters. Sawyer filter technology, because of their high standards, every filter is individually tested three times through their process. I've been using their permethrin product for years now to protect me from, well, quite frankly, ticks and the picaridin to keep the flies at bay. Don't let bad water, insects, or a tick bite cut your trip short or even ruin it. Use Sawyer products. Go to your local outdoor retailer and ask for Sawyer products, whether it's a water filter, insect repellent, they'll likely to have it. You can also go to Sawyer's website and read more about these incredible, high-quality products that they offer those of us who enjoy the outdoors. I've, I've really liked uh, elk. It's a, it's a little ways out from us. But it is a great mountain. It's got some great hills. It's a nice big resort. You got a lot of options for where you want to ski. Greek Peak's a smaller, smaller zone. So like it's understandable. I go there a lot because it's close. They have college night. I get a little cheaper of a lift ticket. But I think my favorite slopes that I've been down are the ones at Elk. They're just the the snow there's that they either make or that falls is a lot nicer. I think it's a lot higher up in elevation. It's, uh, it's, uh, the people there are a lot nicer. I can say that much. The, uh, the one thing you got to watch out for on those slopes is the other people. You know, they, they, there are some people that are, they'll, they'll go by you as fast as they can. It's, you got to make sure you're watching out for them, but elk, they have, they just have overall a, a great, of a great vibe, a great trip, you know? And you talk about, you know, the people and going down, I guess, there's maybe an unwritten code on how you should behave on the slope, being courteous to other mm-hmm. skiers. Oh, yeah. You got to show courtesy because it's just like dri- driving. You know, you can control what you can do as much as possible, but you never know when somebody's going to come 
blindside you from behind you or something like that. You got to make sure you're watching out for other people. The number one rule they teach us is when you're skiing, the first thing you have to know is how to stop. Because if there's going to be a dangerous situation, you got to be able to have as much control over it as possible. Right. If somebody's down in front of you, that dangerous situation just become just became more dangerous because you're heading right for them with your skis. Correct. Yeah. So now it could go from one person being hurt to two. And mm-hmm. depending on if the person behind you can stop. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, like I, a chain reaction. Right. I think of like a highway, an accident on the highway, a chain reaction type of, you know, bang, 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 bang. And yeah. Are you in a ski club out of college? Unfortunately, no. Due to the location, there's not a lot of spaces where we can go for skiing. There's not a lot of resorts up there. Uh, also the biggest problem is storing my skis in my dorm room. You know, I get, I only get so much space in there, but if I'm given the opportunity, like if I find a good place to ski, if I move off campus somewhere, I will 100% take the opportunity to go skiing. I'll invite some friends. We'll go out, hit the slopes, maybe get a beer after good time. What is your plan for this winter? I mean, you kind of just, that the way you're kind of playing it is if you can get a couple of guys together on a weekend, make it happen. Oh Yeah. I also will go all the time with my sister because, as I mentioned earlier, she snowboards. And we'll go together a lot. My parents are in a league through my dad's work. I'll go with them when they go do their races. And generally, it's just whenever it snows, that's a great time to start skiing. And a year like this, it seems like the season's off to a slow start. Are mm-hmm. they, so I'm guessing some of these ski resorts aren't even open yet, in our area at least. Well, some of them are open. I know Greek is open and Labrador is open, but due to the fall, the the scarce falling of snow, they've had to push back times when people are going, especially because they can only make so much of their own snow. You know, so many people can go down it before it gets too thin and bare to to ski on. And so a lot of the places are going, it's it's weather dependent. You got to make sure you've got the right snowfalls. Could you tell a difference as a skier if you're skiing on... Uh, snow they've made the uh, snow machine snow compared to the natural snow that's fallen on the ground typically yeah the snow machine snow packs in a lot easier so it'll be a lot more solid under your feet but the naturally fallen snow we call that powder like that's something you'll ski through and it'll it'll be like you're skiing through water it's it's pushing around beside you and sometimes that powder can be a good thing sometimes it's a good feeling but if it gets too high you know you're skiing up to your knees in powder, and then that's where you start to lose some control. Yeah, I know what it's like hiking through the snow. As you know, your mm-hmm. your dad and I have done a lot of winter hiking over the last several years. And, you know, even with the snowshoes on, when it's fresh snow out there, you're working a little harder. And, yes, yeah. it's probably the same thing with skis. You've got that snow pushing, working against you, slowing things mm-hmm. down. Typically, I would say, typically, I would say that a good mix of uh, of resort made powder and fresh fallen snow is like the perfect conditions you want. You want just that slight amount of powder so that when you're going down, it's a nice smooth ride, but you also want a firm base underneath you that's been packed in. Having that mixture is a great way to keep yourself stable and a great way to give you a lot of control. And the main thing you want when skiing is control. What would you, what words of encouragement would you give to say you have a, you meet somebody at school and they're thinking about skiing, but they're not really sure about it. What words would you say to them? What would you say to encourage them to get out and ski? 
I, well, if it was at my school, I would definitely offer to go and give them a few lessons, give them a teaching because it's honestly a hobby that everybody can enjoy. It's just like sledding, except adult, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's something you can pick up easily. It's something that if you don't like it, you, you have your one time you went and you can say it's fine for you. And if uh, you got people to go with, it's even better. You know, you go out, you hit the slopes, you have a good lunch, have a good, have a nice beer at the end. It's just a great time to have. It's a, it's a great hobby to pick up. And skiing seems like a very social activity. Yes. Right. It's not a loner type of thing. It's not like you just go out there by yourself. The, the whole uh, atmosphere is very social, right? Because you've got the lodge and there's, pl- like, there's a place to get a drink, have something to eat. Absolutely. And, and that yeah. must add to the whole experience beyond the skiing is the, the social aspect of it. Oh, yeah. Going skiing with friends is an amazing experience. I love being in ski club in high school. I would go with my friend Jason. I would always get to see, you know, my friends Josh Dolphin, Colin Nally. I'd see them all the time. I'd get to go out and go skiing with them and going down the mountains, seeing what we all get to do, seeing the mischief we get into, all the jumps we're doing. It's just a great time. It's a it's a great way to enjoy yourself with your friends. Philip, you're what I would say a born teacher. And I know I've told you this so many times over the years, but from the time you first started teaching younger scouts skills, I just said, that is somebody that was just born. Some people are just born to do certain things, to born into professions. For you, it was teaching. And when I got the news that you had decided to become a teacher, I was like, wow, boy, are we lucky to have so- – somebody like Philip going into that profession. We are so fortunate that somebody with your skills and passion going into that profession. Are you going to use any of those skills to teach people how to ski someday? Do you see yourself maybe one day becoming a ski instructor possibly, you know, in addition to teaching? Yeah, I could see it. It it definitely is something that is in the realm of possibilities because Honestly, teaching skills transfer from thing to thing. Just because you teach math doesn't mean you can't teach somebody how to ski. It's it's a general knowledge that you can have. What works, what doesn't work, what is helpful for the student. Because there's many different ways of teaching that everybody's going to try and tell you are the best. But in, in practice, all of them are the best. You really should be using all the methods of teaching at your disposal. Because everybody is different. Everybody learns differently. So in reality as long as you think you are well knowledgeable on a subject you can 100% teach that subject as long as you have the teaching tools right teaching is a process and i yes. as a, as a teacher i could i agree with you 100% right if you could teach math you could teach somebody how to ski you would just need to sit down there study it and say okay this is the process i'm going to go through these are the steps i'm going to take to teach the skill absolutely well, Philip, I really enjoyed uh, having you on the podcast to share this with us. I've always enjoyed talking to you. Uh, you've matured into just an outstanding young man. And as I said, and I, I mean this in all sincerity, we are so fortunate that somebody like you is going to one day, in my case, possibly be teaching my grandchildren. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You flatter me. Philip, I hope you get out there soon. Uh, start skiing. Like I said, looking out the window today, that could be coming right up if you get out there you know have some fun and uh, we're gonna ha- i want to have you back on and well philip 
Once again, thanks for joining us and sharing your experiences with skiing and being able to reminisce a little bit about scouting and, and all those good times. And I'm looking forward to having you back on. And, and once again, it was a lot of fun being out there hiking with you the other day. Uh, and hopefully when you get back from school after this upcoming semester, you'll get out of there with us. And, and best of luck with this upcoming semester. Oh, thank you so much. I had a great time on and I can't wait to hike with you in the future. It sounds like a blast. All righty, everybody. This is a great episode, but you know what? We have 170 episodes you can listen to. Go to PapaBearHikes.com and check them out. Also, we have our Patreon set up. All our social media links are there. And go check out our new YouTube channel, Martin Outside. Get to see what me and the gang are up to. Yeah, Philip's dad's in there with me, and uh, we have some fun. We're up. All right, everybody, get outside, have some fun, and be safe. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please feel free to leave a review. If you found it helpful or useful or just entertaining, let us know. We can be contacted at papabearhikes at gmail.com or check us out at papabearhikes01 on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Get outside and have a great day. This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.